Hello, and welcome to Everything Remade, a podcast that I hope is about growth as much as it is about music. I'm Sean Decker, and I'd like you to hear something. You're hearing At What Cost by Burial Dance, featuring my pal Alex Lee on guitar and vocals. Check out the song and the rest of the Structures EP online now. I remember <laughs> uh, meeting my childhood's best friend. He had just moved into the, the uh, area, I guess. like We had a little cul-de-sac over there. And, uh, yeah, I remember meeting him and not knowing, uh, you know, I I don't know, I was probably like five or something and, uh, not understanding anything about race. Um, he, his, his mom came with him and introduced, uh, him to me and, uh, they introduced themselves as Indian and then they immediately said not not like the Indians with, with arrows, like looking, looking back at it now, it's kind of like not very PC, but you know, sure. Uh, yeah, that's kind of like my earliest childhood memory, I guess. Uh, if you're asking me on the spot. Yeah. And you said that, um, like that was your best friend, like as a kid. So you, so from that introduction, you became friends and, and, and hung out like for a while. Um, Oh yeah. That's really cool. Like, um like you know like you said the 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 language and whatever might have been whatever but i imagine that was pretty like that felt good to you that like you know in this little area that like there were people that were also not like white people that yeah yeah i mean yeah. i don't think it it registered to me at that point but i definitely um, funny to say, like I had a, a more diverse group of friends back then than I do now in the sense of, uh, race, mostly because I, you know, even, even, uh, if we're trying to be more inclusive and, you know, our, our subculture slash community, it, it's still pretty white do- dominated. So, mm-hmm. um, a lot of the kids in my neighborhood were, uh, of Asian descent. Uh, so, yeah, I, you know, I, I haven't even thought about this in forever, so it's kind of interesting to to talk about out loud. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really cool though. Like, but like, um, so how like how long did you like stay in this one area and like were friends, you know, with the with the same group of people or the same the same kid? Like, was it uh, most of your childhood? So, I'm, you know, it probably felt long it felt long but i'm assuming i probably moved away from that that area when i was seven so i'm gonna say like two or three years okay uh yeah so but it feels like a long time but it it probably wasn't that long but i i did i did a a little bit of moving around as a kid uh just because uh uh my parents i don't really know what they had in mind but uh i did live in korea for uh for about three years um and then um, I'm Korean, by the way. Okay. <laughs> um, and then uh, and then we came back. I don't know when I was like ten or so. And yeah, so we did a bit of moving around while I was in Korea too. But ultimately, uh, I kind of grew up in North Jersey, uh, the bulk of my life. And what kind of stuff were you really into when you were a kid? Uh. When I was a kid, I was really into like drawing and stuff. And I, I recently listened to the podcast you did with uh, Millie from Rainmaking, mm-hmm. 
and you, you were talking about how you started doing comics more recently. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I used to do a lot of art. Um, and guessing, I'm guessing in my teens, early teens, uh, I, or preteens, I got into music and art kind of took a backseat and I kind of just pursued music for a long time. And only recently I just kind of started getting back into, uh, art, like visual art related stuff. Um, so I like to do design work and whatnot, Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, that's kind of that's been my interest as a kid, uh, just drawing, you know, comics and and characters. Yeah, do you think that like was it a lot to do with the fact that music is just like very present and in the moment, and like doing art is more of a patient hobby that you have to like? Do you think that had something to do with it, or was is was it just like? you know, once you get enamored with something, you just go all in or, um, I, so another early childhood memory I have is, um, going like going to my, my parents, uh, like restaurant business and they had like a little karaoke machine and like, I'd be singing sometimes. Okay. Cause my parents, my parents would push me to like, Oh, sing a song, sing a song. Okay. So, um, yeah, I think I've always just been into music, but you know, as a, I don't think as a kid, I quite understood or grasped how uh, fulfilling. I, obviously, as a kid, you don't really, I don't think you quite grasp the the concept of fulfillment. But mm-hmm. uh, at that time, art seemed, drawing seemed more fun than you know singing or you know I didn't play an instrument at the time. So uh, yeah, I think. Possibly the immediacy of of music might might be a factor. Um, I think as you get older, you get more in tune with your emotions, or you feel more of your emotions, and you're aware of it. So that might have had to do with some of it. I mean, I, I remember, um, like I said, I moved back and forth, so I, I kind of miss some of the American culture uh, that you would normally experience at at you know at the age of like i say like 10 or 10 or 9 or something like that mm-hmm. where uh like a band like blink 182 was a, a brand new thing for me you know uh-huh. so uh and then i remember listening to i found like a mixed cd i think a friend might have given it to me and it had uh like these pop punk bands like saves the day uh newfound glory and like midtown and I remember listening to them and be like, oh, my God, what is this? This is, you know, and, and I, I grew up in a not conservative per se, but like my mom was super Christian. Uh, so I wasn't really exposed to a lot of, uh, you know, like more pop, pop music, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, I do remember listening to like Bob Dylan or like the Beatles or like someone like Andrea Bocelli in the car when I was growing up. But, uh, you know, I never really like got into rock music until like I had moved, I had moved back to the U S so yeah, I think the appeal of, you know, a punk adjacent music in general had, a, a definitely more, a, a, an immediate effect than, or enamorment, I guess, than drawing. Mm-hmm. What do you think drew you in like right away? Like, was it the vocals? Uh, was it the the guitars? Like, or was it just it was just the overall thing? So, uh, I started playing music. Like, I don't, I don't know. I'm gonna say maybe when I was ten, I st- took piano lessons for a quick bit, like a month, and I just kind of wasn't into it. And then. Um, I got getting into like middle school and high school. Uh, I've always sang. I enjoyed singing. So, uh, I was in like auditioned choir groups and stuff throughout school. Um, so I think overall melody was kind of, you know, singing was kind of what drew me into music. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, I, I was supposed to be a drummer. Uh, and then my, mom decided that she didn't want to have to deal with the the ruckus 
Yeah. So she was like, how about, how about you get a guitar? And uh, I got a guitar, and uh, I think they immediately regretted it. Because, they were like, what? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was a lot of, it was a lot of uh, tough times convincing my parents to, like, uh, let me play guitar all, you know, all times of the day and whatnot. Yeah, I think it's really funny how common that uh, that idea is because like guitar is infinitely more obnoxious when someone doesn't know what they're doing at all. You know? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> like I think it's like human nature almost to like um, to ape um, like rhythms that we perceive. You know, and of course people's ability to to do that varies, but I think just from hearing like now like my three children come up over the years and they'll come down and get behind a kit and maybe they're a little more inclined because there's it's so present to them i don't really know you know i'm not trying to be like my kids are great you know kind of thing <laughs> um but it's just like it it's like the noises that i can remember finding fascinating when i first got on a guitar like were just obnoxious and like <laughs> there's nothing about a drum set that is that obnoxious to me you know like i really when i first started playing you know i i was that person that was like oh but if you like take your pick and you go behind the um saddle where the strings are <laughs> and you like scratch this like really like fast then it makes this really obnoxious you know that was me i was just trying to do all the little things that Fugazi does in, yeah, in the yeah. breaks of their songs. And I was just trying to, you know, figure out how to do everything but play melodies, you know, or whatever. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can. Uh, it's it's funny how how uh, how that, you know, you hear that same story over and over. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, my parents didn't want me to get a drum set. Um, yeah. But it's also funny that you said you were always singing and the melody was like a big factor for you seeing as like one of your main bands now has no vocals <laughs> like oh yeah yeah <laughs> so so it's like it's like literally like eight to 12 minute songs absolutely no yep. vocals but um nope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know it's it's weird you know going so it's going i'm going from a film in color which uh, a band i've been playing with for like 10 years i mean we're, we're kind of like not being active right now, you know, pandemic and like our members are kind of spread across the U S now, mm -hmm. but it, it is very weird going from that instrumental band to playing, you know, uh, a screamo music or, you know, mm -hmm. like hardcore, hardcore adjacent music. So yeah, it, it's been, it's been a quite a different journey just because, uh, I had never really written this kind of music before, but, uh, it wasn't out of my, you know, vocabulary of, of music, but it, it was interesting to use it in this setting. Yeah. Well, I imagine that, like, you, in a way, like, seeing as you hadn't necessarily written it for a project, I, I imagine it was like, at first at least, you sort of had this, like, stockpile of, like, what I would do if I did that. Like... Whereas, like, somebody who's been plugging along trying to do this, you all of your first ideas you've already used, you know? So that must have been kind of, like, liberating in a way. Did you find that to be the case, or...? Um, so I think at the point where Burial Dance started playing and writing, I had some kind of, like, uh, like an idea of what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So while it felt new to do physically like the ideas were kind of already there so i, I feel like i kind of missed out on the more like a, a raw i guess or unrefined or unfiltered part of like playing in a, in a band like that mm -hmm. um so and and also I, I, so it's funny that you you say the whole stockpile of riffs thing because uh I'll go through so many uh, riffs or like parts of a song, but I'll ultimately end up throwing out most of them because uh, 
I get so caught up in my head about like if it sounds good or not, or like, you know, if it's cheesy or corny. So most times I'll like jam on a thing by myself and then I'll bring it to band practice and the other guys will be like, Oh, that's cool. And I'll be like, ah, I don't like it. And then we'll like kind of, I'll mix it essentially. And, uh, it's, it's a, it's a joke at this point, but, uh, <laughs> you know, but yeah, I get super picky about it. So I don't know. It's like, I get in my head too much about, uh, music in general. So like, uh, and I'm always amazed that, uh, someone like you or, or Tom are, are so prolific in the amount of material you guys make. And I, I can't imagine it. And like, I joke that like, we're only allowed to release one, one song per year. We've been, we've been a band. Yeah. It's funny. Cause like, yeah, I saw you posting something on uh, your Instagram story, like the other day and you're like, here's another riff that will never get used, you know? And I almost like, yeah. <laughs> mess, I almost reply message like, well, it's mine now. You know, <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> because, yeah, I mean, you know, um, I, I, ha I take um, when it comes to certain things, I definitely do take a more um, like, w well, I'm not just going to do everything I want to do, you know, but um but when it comes to certain things, I'm just like, yeah, I just throw throw I just throw everything in the cart and take it home and see what I can cook out of it, you know, like, um, and I don't know, I've, I've been in the situation where, like, I used to be really so picky, and I, I thought that there had to be some divine light that shined down on me when I wrote the next <laughs> part for a sign, but then, you know, I was just like, I'm not, I'm not writing any songs, like, you know, I gotta, I gotta relax a little. I gotta, you know, and I'm not saying like that that's good advice for other people. <laughs> yeah. Unless you find yourself frustrated, you know, which is what I was feeling. So, yeah. I mean, if, uh, it, if it's a point of contention, then definitely just try to, you know, just try to let up a little bit and let something, you know, let yeah. maybe not your your favorite thing slide because I can't tell you how many times, like, and once again, this isn't advice for you per se. This is just like, sure. ed, you know, out out there. Um, yeah. I can't tell you how many times that something that I've done that I'm like, I'm proud of it, but it's not my favorite thing. And somebody's like, that's my favorite thing. And I'm like, that's that's awesome. You know, I'm, I'm happy for you. And uh, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of weird. It gets to that point where you're like, anything can be somebody's favorite thing. You know. Yeah, um, so, no, yeah. I, I totally understand that. And I think the blockage that I have in my mind is that, like, uh, in, in a way, like, I, if I'm not 100% happy with something that I'm putting out into the world, and, like, you know, it is it is documented out into the world, um, that I will regret it. And I don't know if it sounds weird, but, like, I don't necessarily regret anything that I put out into the world, like official releases. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I think that's kind of what I try to avoid is like at a certain point in a song, I feel like yeah, when I listen to it, like I am happy with this. And like, I, I think this is the best it could be at this moment. And that's kind of how I gauge things for, mm -hmm. for just art in general for myself. Um, and, and you know some some people that I've worked with in the past and present have said it's it's nitpicking sometimes, but also it, it can provide or you know result into like the best version that we could do. So I, I think there's like a give and take in that uh, mindset of, mm -hmm. of writing. And but yeah, I do wish I I could write more and and not necessarily. Uh, put it under the microscope all the time mm -hmm. uh it's like a it's a thing i've been working on as a as a writer but yeah I, i'm i'm hoping that maybe things will change in the in the coming times for myself just because uh it's been a more collaborative effort on some of the newer stuff that we're working on yeah i mean you definitely have a, a, a i mean at least i'm 
I'm referring to burial dance here, but you you definitely have like a an entire crew of like writers. So yeah, um, you know, there's no short of there's no shortage of ideas, and uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes it does t- take that person, you know, to 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 uh, take like a entire crop of like really cool ideas and narrow them down or else because you can't just work on everything at once you know so yeah so there's yeah there's a there's all ways to like look at that based on you know your uh your your arrangement and 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 the way that you collaborate you know with the people you're working with um and i mean whatever you're doing i mean obviously it's working because the burial dancey um well, I don't know if you call that an LP or... I would say, I mean, I guess technically it's an LP in a physical format, but sure, lengthwise, sure. it's definitely an EP, so... Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I was just going to say, I mean, it's like, it, there's not there's not a second of, like, filler, you know? Like, nothing feels like it's not just, like, driving the point home, so... Um, yeah, I mean, you know, whatever you're awesome. doing. Awesome. Thank, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that. It's really work, you know. Going back a bit uh, to when you first got your guitar and stuff, um, and you mentioned before, you know, a Blink One Eight Two saves the day and stuff. Um, uh, Taking, you know, taking into mind that that's what you're influenced by at that time. Like, what were your um, specific, like, things that you did to like get yourself going, like? Um, did you, did you like just do tabs? Did you take lessons at all? Um, have friends Um, that played? Yeah. So, uh, I was, uh, me and, uh, my best friend at the time, uh, we started playing in a band together. Uh, and, um, we were just two dudes with an acoustic guitar, hoping to get a, an electric guitar down the line. (laughs) But, uh, (laughs) yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was a lot of uh, tabs, definitely, and um, I, I think I've been always kind of good with kind of figuring things out by ear, mm-hmm. uh, so that always helped. Um, and I took a couple lessons just to like 
kind of learn how to properly hold the guitar and the pick and stuff. But otherwise, it, it was kind of a self-taught situation, uh, mostly because the guy that was teaching me was from my mom's church, and uh, it probably wasn't the proper avenue to ask about, like, how to do pinch harmonics or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of... Uh... I, you know, I, or, or how, you know, how, hey, can you teach me this one Blink song? <laughs> yeah. Like, no, no, we're not going to play that for the, uh, the person from the church. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. But, um, so you were like learning, like, kind of like, uh, side by side with, with, um, one of your friends. Like, um, what, was it a lot of like playing together? a lot of you playing solo, like just by yourself or, you know, most of the time um, you get this idea that someone gets a guitar and they're just alone in their bedroom for hours at a time, like just cramming their brain. Yeah. I, uh, I, I mean, we would, we were in a band together in, in high school, uh, and like middle school and stuff. And there was definitely a lot of like, you know, jamming and like rehearsing together, but, I'll, I also play guitar like, I don't know, I would say like three to five hours a day uh, when I was younger, you know, and uh, when I felt insp inspired in general when I was younger. But uh, yeah, it was a, it was a lot of practicing. And I, I think we grew at separate paces. Um, eventually, he, he started playing bass and, and he was really good at bass. So awesome what yeah. was your first band like was it like a pop punk band like like we were talking uh, about before or? yeah it was my first band we did we started off doing covers and then as we progressed and started writing originals uh we kind of i guess we kind of had like a, a thursday-esque sound oh, okay yeah, so uh, I was at that time I was big into full collapse. Mm -hmm. So uh, and a lot of a lot of my uh, melodic tendencies on guitar, or my fascination with uh, tremolo picking chords or uh, or like noodly bits for clean parts, like kind of came from my exposure to Thursday. So mm -hmm. yeah, um, it kind of made. It, it's you know it reared its head in in that way uh, in my earlier bands uh, but definitely you know it it, it it it's morphed from like pop punk type stuff into more uh you know e emo uh you can say or post hardcore kind of stuff yeah i mean like to be fair the uh, full collapse i mean i can't name the song offhand but like if you didn't have a band at some point with uh, uh, like a, a clean, like broken up part, like like then you know what were you doing? You know, standing on the edge of summer. I think. Okay, yeah, it is like one of the quintessential things to do is is to have that clean broken up part like that, and you know we've all been there. Yeah, and I think it still kind of bleeds into a lot of how I like to write, in the sense that like maybe it's not clean and dirty but like in into dynamics too and like uh i like i like the juxtaposition of like a lot of clean parts or like quiet parts into louder parts and vice versa and uh definitely had a big effect on me and um i'm sure if tom ever hears this he'll probably be annoyed but um i i visited uh albany where he lives uh i guess a couple days ago mm -hmm. and I was just talking about like, isn't it crazy that like I know you in person and we're hanging out right now, but like you were, I heard your voice on full collapse. Like when I was in, I don't know, fifth grade or something like that. Uh, and I, I think he understood that it's coincidental and kind of like crazy, but at the same time, I don't think he put much value into it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> um, yeah, I can't have these conversations with Tom anymore because, like, it's like you and I was like literally my favorite band, like from you know, I, 
from the first moment I I heard them, you know, and um, yeah, and and there's um there's a buddy of mine that I used to play in bands with, and I I don't speak to him very much anymore. He's like very busy. He like trains like uh he trains players that are on the Chicago Bulls. Um, oh, okay, <laughs> but like um you know the, like one of the first times when Tom played bass with us on tour. I text my friend who like we were just both so into you and I and I'm just like the guy from that band is playing in my band on tour like what the fuck you know <laughs> and uh, yeah and, and and like we just sat there and just like text back and forth for a minute just fucking nerding out about this and um yeah it's 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 wild and um like there's no other way to like uh look at it you know but um i also was gonna ask about this later but since you brought it up sure y'all went on some kind of wild ass sandwich tour (laughs) explain to me what happened when you met up with tom (laughs) and y'all went on this like double date like uh yeah sandwich tour thing like what was this yeah so uh (laughs) I, he, he came down for hundreds of AU practice and then we hung out afterwards and I was just telling him now there's no breakfast sandwich or vegan breakfast sandwiches in my area. That's like under $14, you know, like a, like a sausage, egg and cheese or a bacon, egg and cheese. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like one of those things you miss when you go vegan from, uh, from a non-vegan diet. So, Uh Uh, he he was like, Oh, there's a bunch of places up by me. And then he was like, Oh, maybe, uh, when you come up, we can, we can have all five that I know of. And I was like, I mean, I'm down, (laughs) you know, we've, uh, it's like not crazy for us to go out to eat somewhere Mm -hmm. and, and be like, Oh, I'm still hungry. Like maybe we can hit that other pizza spot down the street. So this is like, kind of normal for me and tom but <clears throat> yeah he he suggested we go on this breakfast sandwich tour so uh we went to over to the uh couple of shops in the greater albany area and uh yeah i spent the spent the whole day having breakfast sandwich of various qualities and uh <laughs> <laughs> went to a couple of music stores so yeah, it was it was a fun day yeah, uh, that's amazing. Yeah, I um, I there's nothing like that around here. And when I just see these, uh, when I see stuff like that, I'm just like, just green with envy. But um, I I do, I do often pretend like I have my own like breakfast sandwich shop you know I'll get the <laughs> um I'll get the Vo Life cheese and I'll get the the everything bagels and I'll get, um, maybe I'll make a, um, a chickpea omelet, you know, and I'll slap them all together and, and, um, you know, uh, I'll, I'll make, make one for myself and my partner and, and we'll sit there like if this is really, we're really living, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> hey, nothing like a good breakfast sandwich, yeah, you know? Yeah. It's when I know that I've got like, I'll cook enough for a few days and when I know that I've got everything I need to just put a sandwich together when I get up. Like I, I am generally just w- way more pleased to get up that day than not, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Um, so you, you know, you were getting into bands and stuff and, um, like a lot of things, like a lot of things can like inspire uh, people to get into bands i think probably most common is is um you know just the act of creation itself but um sometimes people have like fantasies like they're gonna be like you know uh, their name in lights and all that stuff um was that something that you initially thought of when you're when you're a kid did you have these like grand ideas about like you know playing for thousands of people or was it just like you were already in a different mindset than that? I mean, I think when I was younger, it definitely crossed my mind, but Mm -hmm. it was before I kind of knew anything 
outside of like you know MTV and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think once I kind of got into more of DIY, uh, I kind of and and also going on tour and stuff kind of gave me a more realistic perspective perspective on it and mm-hmm. pl- playing music like as a career or something like that and i think i would prefer not to have it as a job yeah and in, in, in the way that uh you know uh unless you're playing some accessible kind of music i, I feel like it is difficult to sustain yourself so maybe it's like a realistic perspective but yeah like you know i as much as it brings me joy to be in a van with uh you know a couple couple people and driving around you know and, and playing shows and loading in and out and and complaining about how much my back hurts the next morning because <laughs> i slept on the floor and i think it it's if doing that as a job, I think I'll miss the joy of touring, you know? Yeah. And, and part of it, I think is also an escape from your daily reality in a way too. So, um, I, the biggest part of playing music for me is, is, you know, playing that, having that energy live and also the process of creation, uh, where I think, Growing now, being older, I feel like I get more uh, satisfaction or fulfillment from writing, more so than performing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, you know, I, I don't. I think that that like my name and lights kind of dream kind of went away pretty quickly, and and uh, I'm I'm okay with that. I was okay with that when I realized that doing music as a as a job is is difficult but also like it it can suck a lot of the the joy out of you know creating and playing music in general yeah it's weird like you know you you um you never know like uh what like you you never know someone's like takeaway from their entire experience, you know, but sometimes it's like you, you like, I kind of romanticize like a couple, a few artists, you know, or whatever, like, um, that, you know, were huge names like, like Tom Petty or something, right? Like right. I, I had always romanticized like, because Tom Petty would do whatever, you know, he would sing, a like, and maybe I'm mixing Tom Petty up with like Bruce Springsteen or something, but like, you know, <laughs> some, some artists, like they'll sing a Christmas song. Like they don't give a shit. They'll sing it. And it's like, and they'll sound like they're having the fucking time of their lives. And you're like, you know, that's, so that's something that like, if somebody could do that for a living and they still get that kind of joy, like then that's incredible. You know, I'm, that's not a yeah. reality for most people, you know, for sure. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I always, I think it would be different for me. Like if somebody paid me money to come and play drums on their song, I think I would have a great time. But if I was like (laughs) in charge of stuff, like I am when my bands go on tour, like if I was in charge of stuff like that, like all the time, um, for like for a living, like that would be, different yeah and yeah so it's it's weird i mean i never i'm sure i had the same ideas like when i first started uh playing guitar and like nirvana was huge because like you you look at that and you're like this is you know these people like are not they're great songwriters but they're not that great like (laughs) you know like um and if look at them you know you could do that if you wanted to you know um and that's that's awesome that there's a whole generation of people that came up with that mentality you know it didn't work out for any of them like it did for nirvana (laughs) (laughs) but um but yeah it's it's like if you know i'm sure at that point you know i 
I had these ideas as, as well, uh, but it's been so long. Yeah, I can't remember that. You know, I just yeah, I just think about you know some of my friends like um, now you know who tour who tour and stuff like that. It's like yeah, I mean if I was if somebody was just like hey play these mid tempo like um, like emo core songs like and we'll and we'll you know pay you then then like I'd be like shit this is the greatest job i've ever had you know oh yeah uh, <laughs> but yeah being in charge of everything and all that you're know, like wait a minute now this is different um, yeah i think i think that's kind of what i mean like uh, i i can't imagine uh you know doing it like i don't know six months out of the year like by myself essentially or like mm-hmm. you know you know in a in a diy way yeah um yeah. so yeah yeah um but um you know you you have done some a fair bit of touring um and um like you know it's it's funny how like there's all the sides to it there's all the things that you enjoy and then of course there's like the the meme side of it which is like literally just waiting in a parking lot for like an hour for someone to show up or whatever um but um like what is your favorite part about like getting out there and touring and like what have been some of your favorite experiences that you've had you know while being out there um so i guess it was 20 i'm gonna say 2015 uh i think it was 2015 we went on tour a film and color went on tour and it was kind of like our first long tour and we had hit florida and we got to it was we hopped on last minute and there there were six bands on it and i think five of the bands were all touring bands and it was it was a show or like all right it's just a filler show but you know it's better than not playing and we got there and it wasn't a real venue. It was like a art space, but it was like, it looked like it, a bomb had went off because there was no flooring. It was just gravel. Okay. And it was, there was a bathroom, but the bathroom was like, the toilet wasn't connected. It was super weird. Okay. And yeah. And like, there was no drum rug or anything. And like, we ended up like pulling, uh, like rugs out of our cars or like, uh, like, uh, the rubber, like mats from cars and stuff that we all had. And like, we, all the bands, like we kind of put it together and we put our, <laughs> the drum set there. Uh, and, and, uh, it was, a like, I don't know, there was like maybe at most 20 people there. And, uh, this kid came up to us and, and said that they drove like two hours to see us. And that was like a, that was like a really cool moment, you know? And cause I, never would think like we're not we're not a band worth driving two hours to see but apparently this kid thought it was worth it so uh, that was yeah and and i guess like another moment uh was just like uh showing up to a show and like not not being perceived as like uh like a, a nobody essentially like you know, you're a touring band and I think people rarely even listen to the bands that they're going to see. Mm-hmm. Like they have the one band that like their friend plays in and they're going to go see them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, just getting to a show and not feeling like, uh, you're, you have something to like uh, the crowd, you know, sometimes the crowd looks judgy mm-hmm. and, uh, we played a couple of shows in California that were, uh, really cool in Oakland. I don't think that's a venue anymore, but the, the nighty night, I believe. Okay. Or yeah. Um, we played there and, uh, I don't know the, the tremendous amount of, uh, like attentiveness we were getting. It was a very cool experience just to be, you know, on the other side of the, of the country and, you know, people seemingly people giving a shit about what you're doing. It was a, I would say those are kind of like the highlights that I can recall right now.
One thing that I think is weird is like, I, I, I seriously think that the further that I've gotten away from Indiana or whatever, the more like, like sort of like into it or, or just like um, the response you would get afterward, like the, the better it was. Like, I don't know if that's like, if that's one of these things where people see like on the flyer and, and they're like, whoa, this band is all the way from Indiana. Yeah, they, they like, they didn't come out here for nothing. Like they mean business, you know, or whatever. I don't yeah. know if that's something to do with it, you know, but like when we play like just in Illinois or whatever, people are just like, I don't care. You know, <laughs> when we play, like we hardly ever play Indiana, but when we do, it's just like, I don't care. You know, who, who's this, you know? Um, yeah, I think, I think that's a pretty common thing that happens throughout all scenes in general. Uh, I, and obviously there's, there's been shows where, uh, we show up and there's nobody there, but you know, there's also, um, it, there's a, an amount of, uh, shows where we played and, you know, people take us seriously, which is, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's funny because like one place that we've always felt like really welcomed and stuff but i've always been really nervous is richmond virginia because like mm. they you're like why would anybody give a shit about my band here like they see some of the best bands like all the time yeah <laughs> and you show up and 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 you're like uh, wow people were really nice and people were really like receptive and and welcoming and stuff and and it, and it's um it's a very cool feeling but it's like you know, like we're not Ostraka, like what? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think, uh, I mean, it, it feels funny to refer to just Screamo, but I, I think overall, Screamo and the DIY uh, general community, uh, they're pretty, pretty uh, welcoming to, to most fans yeah. and people. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of times, you know, when you when you get out though, and you play those shows where um, you don't know people at all, and you play f for different kinds of uh, uh, crowds, that those can be some of the most interesting experiences. They can be totally flat, or they can be awesome because this is something that people aren't used to. Or whatever, you know. I yeah, know. Uh, I definitely experienced that when we uh, when a film in color played. We played. We had a we had to fill a date, so we found a a venue in Provo, Utah. Mm -hmm. um, it was like I think it was Provo, Utah. It was like up in the mountains somewhere or, or something. We had to drive up a lot, and uh, and it was a beautiful place. But it was like I don't think this place has a venue. Cause it was like pretty empty overall. And like we got into town and there was a, a venue in this building and, uh, we ended up playing up playing with, uh, a, a, like a new metal band and like a singer songwriter. Okay. So it, it was a very eclectic bill. And, uh, after we played, uh, you know, like everybody, there was like, I don't know, 10, 10 people at most. Mm. Uh, but they all bought something, which means a lot more to me than uh you know playing uh, you know a sold out show and no one really you know coming up to us to even you know say anything to us because like uh it, it kind of relayed to us that like these people actually enjoyed what what we were doing and sure. like cared cared enough to pick up something um so yeah I, I i can relate to that experience definitely yeah and do you think that there's an advantage to being an instrumental band in those types of situations, like as opposed, because like people are, they don't have that other layer of things to where they pigeonhole your band necessarily. Well, I think oftentimes, uh, people, yeah, people aren't necessarily exposed to, uh, instrumental music all the time mm -hmm. or often. And, you know, when they do, you know, obviously people have very differing opinions about it. You know, they can be bored from having no vocals or, you know, or they can be really interested in, in a, a different approach to music. 
but uh, I, I would say the advantage is more so being the odd one out a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the way that like I kind of miss a lot of mis- mixed bills that used to take place. And, and I think that creates for a more uh, interesting and, and receptive audience because uh, you know, I know they do like uh, like a stoner metal fest somewhere in Europe every year. Uh, I don't know if I would enjoy listening to stoner like stoner metal music for you know ten hours a day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it, yeah, the mixed bill definitely like it, it's less like people deciding which one of these bands that sounds similar is the best one. It, yeah. it's it's just more like there are these different things that aren't competing for the same uh, area of attention or whatever. I don't know how to put yeah. that. Yeah. No, no, I, I think that makes sense. Yeah, it's, it's like not, not that it's a competition, but I, I probably people do. I mean, I've probably done it myself too, where like people rank, oh, like this band was – the, clearly the better band you know in this genre of at the show but you know it's not really about that and and i think having a mixed bill kind of deters people from having those kinds of like uh perspectives mm-hmm. on um you know a band mm-hmm. yeah it's, so yeah yeah i mean even if even if it's you're n- even if n- you're not like cognizant of being like um Oh, this band was better or whatever. Like it's it's you're just naturally if if they're similar enough, there's gonna be just a, one that you enjoyed more or whatever, you know. And it and it can feel a little bit like um like that, like it's competition, even though it's not. And the mix bill definitely just it's just like, well, this this is like this and this is like that. And so I mean, I don't know, I. There, there have been people that I've toured with that have complained about mixed bills, and I'm like, no way, you know. <laughs> no, is, no. Uh, yeah. It makes for a more enjoyable show too, because like, if I'm playing, like, if I'm on tour with uh, a film in color or burial dance, like, I don't want to listen to this like a band that like is similar to us uh, the entire tour, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It. it Granted, like, yes, it's cool to connect with those people that have a similar, you know, perspective on art or, uh, a, you know, a sound that they're going for. But at the same time, I think there's more, uh, you know, uh, you'll find more interesting stuff uh, that way, playing mixed bills and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so, yeah, you said before that a film in color um Y'all, y'all are going on like ten years. Um, your first release was in two thousand fourteen, um, and you, um, you know, like y'all are kind of, um, you have, like we mentioned before, you have longer songs, and the, you know, your releases were sort of like, paced out to where, you know, your your first thing was a couple songs and they're really long and so it's like a very full ep but um then between your first release and the lp in 2018 you would release like one song at a time was there a specific strategy for doing that or was it just like we have this song to record and we haven't had time to work on a bunch of stuff so let's just like do what we can do while we got the time or um, so it was more so like we had written these songs and they just weren't recorded at the same time. And, uh, honestly, there was no real plan to it. It was more like, Hey, like let's record a song. And then like the song that we had, or like we had for like a couple of years already, uh, and, and record it. So, and then we could go on tour kind of like, Hey, here's a new release. And we're also going on tour, so it wasn't like mm-hmm. a strategic thing. Mm-hmm. It was, it was just more so like uh, it, it made sense to do at the time. Okay, and yeah, when it comes to recording songs that are eight or twelve minutes, or you know, like however long the song is at the time, like not, not to ask you to get into like how the sausage is made per se, but like, do you, 
Um, do you, f like, are you doing this, like, are you tracking live? Are you tracking separately? Um, when there's a lull in the songs, do you take advantage of that to, like, say, okay, we can stop there? And, uh, like, how do you go about recording what amounts to, like, a 12 song? 12-minute song, rather. Uh, so, it, I think we've kind of went different, we took different approaches for each release. Okay. Uh, the first EP that we released, and like even the two singles, were, uh, they were all just separately tracked. Um, but we, we tried to, like, I, I felt like it, captures the more of a, a live feel when you track everything of the song in its entirety in one like in one take mm -hmm. so you know obviously there would be punch-ins and whatnot but overall like we tried to keep everything in the one good take as possible so uh yeah and then our full length uh we tracked the bass and the drums together live and then and then we overdubbed uh, some extra bass, like distortion and stuff. And uh, the guitars were all tracked separately because there's a lot of effect changes that I wanted to do. So yeah, I mean, it, it, it was like, it was a, we, towards the end of it, we were trying to uh, uh, kind of capture more of a, a live feel mm -hmm. without it being all live. Okay. And yeah like how does that compare to what you did i mean a lot of uh, am i correct in remember when i was thinking that you recorded the film and color uh lp in the same spot that y'all recorded the burial dance lp uh no so, so oh, okay. the full length yeah the full length for a film and color we recorded at a, a, a recording studio called Graphic Nature, oh, and okay. that was, yeah, that was just we we kind of lucked out. Uh, the person that owns the studio, I think his name is Will Putney. Uh, he's worked on like Every Time I Die and stuff. He oh, okay. was actually he was away recording Every Time I Die, and the studio was empty for that week. So we we asked if we could rent out the studio for the week. And we were able to engineer everything ourselves. Uh, but the Burial Dance EP uh, was recorded with Scott Moriarty. Right. Uh, he's, done, he's done a bunch of stuff at, uh, at Backroom Studios in New Jersey. So, yeah. Okay. Scott's, Scott's the man. Did you record any of your other, any of the other film and color stuff with Scott? Or am I just like... Uh, one song. One song. Oh, okay. We recorded, okay. Yeah, I think the song's... Uh, all the darkness looks alive. Or, oh, okay. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the one. Yeah, I just you know I just did a I just did a, a, a two hour or whatever marathon like through all of your stuff earlier. So <laughs> uh, so like there that, that's you know, a punishment. <laughs> seeing well, it was it was nice. I mean, I was drawing you know some uh, one of my pages for today and stuff, and uh, awesome. I was just like yeah, um, but um. Yeah, I thought for some reason that those were both the um, done at the same place, and I was going to ask, uh, which is it's still a relevant question, just it doesn't have that same angle on it. But um, what was the like? How different were those two experiences? I mean, obviously the music is totally different, but um, did y'all do the burial dance thing like pretty much entirely live, or was it? Similar? Oh no, so. <laughs> Uh, uh, similar approach in that we everything was uh, tracked separately. So uh, okay. yeah, I, I know historically uh, the bands that you know Ross and both Eric's have been in uh, have tracked live. Uh, but I think for for the Burial Dance EP, we we wanted to kind of I don't know make it make it a little more clear, uh, clean and stylized, I guess. So we ended up mapping out the tempo and everything. And like, so like Ross played to a click and then we tracked over those, uh, drum tracks and, uh, yeah, it, it was, it was definitely, uh, not live. And I, I don't think we were trying to kind of get across that necessarily. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it was, it was, I was just kind of 
trying to uh, make it as like clean as possible, but also like a little bit uh, dirty in the sense that like we we pushed for the record to be kind of blown out, yeah. so it sounds yeah. a little distorted. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, if anybody can do, like, the, I mean, like, lots of people record to a click. I mean, even I've done it, and I'm I'm not great at it, but um, then it would definitely be Ross, because, like, I don't know, like, one time when we were on tour, Ross and I were talking about this thing that it just, it just, like, he started talking about it, and I was like, no shit, like, I do that, which is like, like, when you, when a song is on the radio and you keep humming it while you go into another room or while you, like, and you come back in and see if you're in the right spot oh, still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know anybody else that does that. It's so weird. And, you know, we are just like, yeah, that, like, that really, like, owns in, like, how, you know, how well you're keeping time, you know, and all this and... Um, yeah, I mean, just like, what, what a, what an incredible drummer. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, he's very, very good. Yeah. I, I mean, I've been lucky to play with good drummers. So. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so, you know, um, like you said, um, with the film and color, everybody is all spread out and, um, but it doesn't sound like you've put a pin in that or anything. Um, what... It, what are your like i mean given given the circumstances i know it's like it's hard to say but um do you have plans for both your bands that that you're that you're working towards like in the immediate future like what can we expect um you know from from each band or like um what are your goals going forward with each project um so for burial dance, we you know we we had some ideas regarding touring, but you know we're still kind of it's still up in the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, due to COVID and whatnot, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, our our immediate plans are to try to tour uh, some somewhere. You know, nothing crazy, but and then uh, possibly start recording our full length this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is which is scary to me, just because we we just released our our EP, and uh, uh, I have a tendency to uh, drag my feet on getting things started. <laughs> um, and then for you know, I don't know. I've I've had some. Uh, I think we all had some ideas of uh, collaborating with another band, perhaps. Uh, for like a you know not not a split but like a you know a collaboration album but mm-hmm. that's that's still up in the air as well um, and for a film in color uh, you know we we talked about possibly touring or like playing a couple dates but it, it's kind of hard to say just because like uh, our bassist is in his uh, I think it's his doctorate program and then um, and uh, our drummer lives in California. So, and, and yeah, and our bassist also lives in, actually he, he lives in Lafayette. So what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He actually just moved there to, uh, attend Purdue. Oh, okay. I was going to ask yeah, like, yeah. if it was Purdue, you said doctor program. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's weird because you know, it is a, I'm doing the, you know, finger quotes. It is a big 10 school, but it's like no one, ever, no one that I know ever comes here, you know, but then <laughs> like, that's how I became good friends with, you know, um, Steph and stuff, um, from Lord Snow, who, you know, was in, um, Plague Walker at, at the end uh-huh. and stuff. Um, because Steph came here and, and then just every once in a while, you just find out that somebody, you know, came through here or something or, or is here and that's really wild. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so. yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's awesome. And I mean, uh, hopefully, you know, the, uh, the LP, um, comes along cause I, I mean, we, we know how long everything is taking on the, uh, production end. So, Oh yeah. Like, so actually we got it, uh, like, I guess like a month ago, but this, this is 
crazy because it's just been pushed back. Originally, Burial Dance was supposed to do a tour in the May of 2020. Mm-hmm. And and uh, our records weren't going to be... Like, we weren't really ready to go to press. And then, uh, and then COVID happened. And then I was like, oh, this is kind of like a blessing in disguise. Maybe we'll release it. Like, this will all be over and we could release it in October. Uh, and then you know, the pandemic lasted two years and they finally got around pressing our stuff like, I don't know, two months ago or so. So I, we just got like our share of, of the records in like a month ago and it's sitting in my closet right now because we're not playing shows. So yeah, yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll be able to, I mean, we try to play like three shows this year already and, and, uh, none of them happened because of COVID. So, uh, someone in the, on the lineup got COVID, so they ended up canceling the show. So, uh, yeah, uh, hopefully we'll be able to play at least a couple of shows in 2022. Uh, fingers crossed. And that was my conversation with Alex Lee. Thank you so much, Alex, for taking the time to chat with me. I have seen online that Burial Dance is in the process of putting out feelers for a West Coast tour. So if you are in California or Oregon and can help them out, uh, give the band a shout on whatever media platform you can find them on. Until next time, take care and do good things.